Welcome back to System in Servia, the podcast where I am absolutely sleep-deprived. This is Brent. I don't have my goddamn gallbladder anymore. <laughs> and I'm Peyton. <laughs> and Jason does indeed no longer have his gallbladder. Um, they told me. I haven't looked. He's he's alive. I it feel like feels he wouldn't... the same. No, I feel like he wouldn't... Well, no, because, like... <sighs> You're a little bit more achy now. How does it feel well, to be... Well, achy on the outside, but I can... I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> uh, I can say that, like, literally from the day I had surgery on, I went back to eating more or less normally, and... Well, that's good. Minor things have set me back there, but definitely feel better. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta ease back into it. You can't... Your body I, can't I, process I, fats the way it used to. Sort of eased into it. I gave myself, like, two days of vegetables, and then I just ate a fucking hamburger. Were you like new body who dis after you ate the vegetables? No. 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 I'm not gonna talk about the vegetables. Which not in <laughs> not in the public you, what forum. What did you have? The vegetables were like soil in round two, is, is what you're saying. <laughs> they were just like honestly, like I know they're not fat, but it just seems like my body they was. They went just out like, the eh. way they went in. Yeah, we're like we're not digesting these. You can just <laughs> just deal with this. <laughs> it was weird. So now everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> oh look! I mean, you, you can't help it, you know. Like you're just like your entire pea pods. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrible. Could have worked. Could have been Tide Pods. You're right. Now that Tide Pods are the silent killer of 2018. <laughs> the silent killer. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, you're having a good time eating some fucking Tide Pods while you're at the movies. You go home. You fucking go to sleep. Never wake up. <laughs> By the way, if you're part of Generation Z, don't eat Tide Pods. I, I if you're part you're of any generation, just don't eat Tide Pods. Yeah, that too. That too. People, okay. Dude, we got some good stuff. We have how to choose an enterprise distro, as in like a Linux distro. But I guess you can you can apply the same rules to the three main BSDs if you need to pick between them. How to be a good mentor. <laughs> We've got some awesome news about Let's Encrypt that we'll be talking about in depth. And we've got a rant. Now, it's not the rant that we promised to do last episode. It'll be good. We've actually pushed that to next episode after this. Jathan found something else that he wanted to rant about. And no, I, you wanted to rant about it. I inadvertently started ranting about it. Yeah. Okay, alright, that is a bit disingenuous of me. Not intentionally, but it's disingenuous of me. Jathan found a topic. He literally that just he, posted a link. He wanted to discuss. And all of a sudden, there was like a fucking explosion through the fucking internet. And I flipped and my Brontosaurus lid. And Brontosaurus here was just fucking mad. I flipped my lid, yes. So really, it was me that, <laughs> that got fired up about it. So we'll <laughs> The only thing I get fired we'll up about yes. is global warming. The. That's the only thing you ever get fired up about? I've never even been mad before. You're I don't a know what fucking that is. lying what? piece of shit. I'm going to have to go ahead and call bullshit on that right now. I think we just go back to the previous <laughs> episode to indicate Jaython being mad about something. I feel like if we, if we... I feel like if someone picked any episode at random... They would <laughs> There's have like a like, 90% chance. I Maybe not 90, but I would say like 1 in 3 chance that you're angry irrationally about something. <laughs> All the time. Okay, when I do get angry, it's always reasonable and rational. No, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> last night I was angry, and there was a good reason. What were you angry about last night? Linode's DNS. Linode's DNS. 
It was slow. Uh, it was taking for fucking did ever you, to update. Did you make sure that I, you I selected like the that's... right time to live on your changes? Yes. Are you sure? No, he did because okay. it, it was showing up on the resolvers I was oh, using. Oh, okay. But it, not Linode's own oh. resolvers, right? Because that makes so much more fucking oh. sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, I really like Linode, which is why I am now spending more money with them to make my dreams come true. But I was mad. <laughs> I was fucking mad. Dreams come true. Yeah, my dreams of being a better person. Yeah, before saving the internet. Before we kick this off properly by talking about no. what we've been drinking, yes, or what we are drinking. <laughs> Would you like to talk very briefly about what you've been doing with your Linodes? All right. Well, I have been using Linode for many years at this point, And every time, you know, my Linode got kind of stuffy or whatever, I would just, you know, resize it to a larger Linode and keep adding services and call it a day. And that's always been fine and fairly manageable and whatever. But, you know, professionally speaking, I know that it's probably better to segregate services and you know, for security reasons, not having everything running in one place and for failover and fault tolerance and blah, 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 blah. You name the reasons. There's plenty of them. So I finally broke down my four gig Linode into four smaller Linodes mm-hmm. and, you know, made sure they were all networked appropriately the way I like and set up. And so I now have a separate web host. I have a mail server. I have one Linode that is literally just running OpenVPN, mm-hmm. and then I have a sort of management node for miscellaneous services and, you know, fucking around and stuff. Nice. So, you're, you're miscellaneous. miscellaneous. It's, it's, it's a little bit more than a management. It's, it's like a, it's a miscellaneous well, node. Well, I use it for IRC. <laughs> it's not really management unless you're running well, a bot that. I don't know. I tell you what to do there. <laughs> That yeah. seems like man. Whether I actually like listen to you or not, though, is is not. Well, you're a shitty fucking person, but that's Excuse not my fault. Excuse you, dude. <laughs> okay, but I have to say, so I had actually, you know, there's a lot of sort of quintessential sysadmin tasks, and I've done a lot of them. Mm. You know, I've configured all kinds of crazy backups and stuff like that. I've done all kinds of work with RAID, yeah, virtualization, whatever. But I had never done email before, and. <sighs> Two things. One, I never realized, honest to God, how many fucking moving parts were there. Mm-hmm. But there's quite a lot of services required just to run fucking email. A lot. Modern email, I should say. Yeah. And number two, I am pretty proud of myself, actually. I followed several different shitty pieces of documentation and more or less started all my services in the first time. And they were just like more or less working with a few hiccups. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty cool. I noticed that you mentioned reading shitty how-tos instead of reading the RFCs like I told you to. I read the RFCs. You did? But not like super in-depth, but I printed uh-huh. them out while I was at work and put them on my desk. And <laughs> and that's kind of was... like reading them. <laughs> no, no, no. I did read them. Like the day before I had surgery, I was trying not to really jump into anything new at work. So I kind of just sat there going through those and underlining shit and whatever. Mm. I definitely feel like I have a better understanding of email as a whole, mm-hmm. but you know, it wasn't like they were like, "This is how you set up Postfix." So, well, inevitably, yeah, there are RFCs. They're not going to tell you how to do that, right? Exactly. So, you know, the RFCs are helpful for understanding the concepts, but beyond that, you still obviously need documentation to install the services you're trying to run, right? Right. And most of the documentation for that was quite horrible, in my opinion, which yeah. is never wrong. Yeah, because. <laughs> what an opinion is of course right yeah that's right can can we take a moment here to postfix oh, go, ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead 
No, I was just going to say, post-fix upstream docs, are they leave a little bit to be desired, and I, I will grant him that. What were you saying? Just, you know, rest in peace to Stephen Hawking, the good doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, rest in died. peace. That That'll be true. one less... Nope, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, you dickhead. <laughs> I'm not going to say it, because that's going to get me in trouble. Somebody might be mad at you. I don't know who, but... Well, alright, no, I'll, I'll just... No, I'll, no, no I'll we've it. done this before. We, we have. Uh, like, I, I hate when, like... People talk about stuff outside of their field. Like, Hawking sure. is not a computer scientist, so he should have never, ever been talking about AI from a mouthpiece sort of perspective. Sure. He's still a very intelligent individual. That doesn't though. give him credence into AI and how it works. Oh, I wasn't talking about his, his... I just wanted to remember the guy. I mean, he was a smart dude, and he really Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to be a smart aleck and be like, that'd be one less guy talking about stuff he doesn't know about, but... <laughs> hey, you got it out! <laughs> What a dick. But, you know, like, at the same time, like, he's done some crazy stuff for physics. Uh So, like, I definitely recognize he was a bright guy. Bright guy and, you know, rest in peace. Requiem in in Pache? Is that? I think so. That's... Requiem in Pax. Is that what it is? I think so. Okay, well, let's just... (laughs) We'll just say rest in peace. What the fuck are you drinking? Okay, yeah, what are we drinking? I am, I'm back on that Jefferson's Reserve. I mean, you guys know how I do. I start yeah. a bourbon and then I like sticking with it. I don't like hopping Boring motherfucker. If you drank more, you could just open all the bottles at once and finish them at the same time. Yeah, if I drank more, I'd also be an alcoholic, Jathan. You're not already? No, I drink more, and I'm not an alcoholic. No, I'm not. <laughs> not actually. That's good. Yeah, but I don't have, like, <laughs> you've got, like, what, like, you're eight years younger than me, something like that? Almost don't, ten years younger than me. Sure, your body can take it. I mine That's true. <laughs> That's true. It really is. You Weak. you lose that real quick. Like once you hit like late twenties, early thirties, your body's just like fuck you. No, I'm done. I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not, I'm not gonna, gonna experience that. Yeah. W- what you won't? No. I, well, we'll see. We'll have to wait a couple years to find out, though. Yeah. <laughs> So join okay. us in season seven. Of... <laughs> yeah, let's see how that goes. Yeah. Right. So uh, all right. We all better right. have a hundred k subscribers by then. I we don't already. Well, I I would have no way of knowing. You're right. Because it's it's RSS and XML. All right. What are you guys drinking? I ahead, have Jayden. absolute vodka. And that's it's, oh, it's probably about a quarter or an eighth left. Yeah, about an eighth left. So that'll be a just vodka. Just vodka. Yep. It's a it's a vodka wow. night. What can I say? Labbits with vodka. Anyway, I am drinking Akintashin 12. It is a. Gesundheit. Yeah, a lowland scotch. A lot of lowland scotch has a very small amount of peat in it, so it's kind of smoky. They don't use any peat, so uh, it's really sort of floral and light. If you haven't tried it and you don't like really smoky scotch, but you like other scotch, you know, it's like 40 bucks for a bottle, so give it a try, maybe, or find it at a bar, whatever. I like it. Yeah. That's, what, that's local to you? No, it's Scotch. It's from Scotland. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. My... Okay, f- listeners, I apologize. My brain's not going to be working quite right for a little bit. I just woke up from a nap, like, ten minutes before we hopped into the pre-show, so I'm still, like, really foggy. That being said, if you're hiring for, like, an HPC manager or something, and you're somewhere in Europe, let me know. What? Or Canada, because I'd consider that move. What? Oh. Why would you do that? Why 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 would you do that? Well, moving's on his mind. He needs to find a a place with a walk-in closet. 
And yeah, like, what if the internet doesn't work wherever I go and we can't do this uh, anymore? That sucks. <laughs> where would you go where you would Canada. get a sysadmin job? Oh, yeah. They've shitty been with. <laughs> Which I know I said Europe, but honestly, like, I would probably move to British Columbia too, so. You could move to uh, Singapore. I know people who live in BC or in that area, at least around there, and they don't have problems with their internet. How hard are they trying? Well, they're probably not you, so. Yeah, no, I, hard enough. I can I can say that with direct experience in, you know, high high tech carriers in Canada. Yeah, the infrastructure just isn't there yet. It's lagging behind like 10 years. So it tends to be very slow. Yeah, you can get some really cheap. So you start servers that are in Canada and depending what you need them for, uh, you know, might be the right thing for you. Most of them are like ARM servers or Atom, but they're cheap as shit. What? Well, that's that's probably why they're they're called. So you start. We need to get a start on this. We are almost fifteen minutes in. It's all right. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. We're doing great. Have a good okay. conversation. We, we have a lot of stuff to talk we about. We do. We really do. Yeah. This is this is going to be a very long episode. I feel like. Yeah. But now that I've said that, it's probably going to be a short episode. So we'll you see. always do that. Yeah. Every single time. Well, no, I don't think I've ever predicted a long episode and have it be short. I've frequently said it's going to be yeah. a short one, and then it becomes long. Yeah, but that's, yeah. Uh-huh. we'll see. Uh huh. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Are we are we ready for news? Mm-hmm. All right. Take it away. Let's go. All right. Let's, let's kill hey, it. Hey, this is uh, this is paid with the news. I'm not going to do the sound because it's annoying and I hate it. All right. So we have a lot of news tonight. Thankfully, nothing too crazy. Oh well, maybe there is. We'll see. The first thing we have is that Samba or Samba has two vulnerabilities currently in it right now. Uh, it has more, of course, but it has these two as well. The first one could allow unprivileged remote attackers to launch a DDoS against servers, which uses the RPC spools service if it's configured to run as external daemon. So this can cause the principal to crash. You might want to make sure that you check your sanitization checks for the input parameters to the spools RPC call. That's the CVE 2018-1050. The CVE 2018-1057, which is, allows unprivileged authenticated users to change any password over LDAP, <laughs> including admin passwords. So make sure you patch that, Jason, because I know you're using yeah. Samba and yeah. LDAP. But I am not meeting the external RPC no, that's, that's different. conditions. That's different. No, no, that's for the DOS yeah. attack. The DOS oh, you're talking about the, yeah. the second thing. Yeah, we're talking about the second now, thing. There are other flaws that exist to the, similar to this already in Samba, but this one works when using the Samba Active Directory DC, which doesn't properly validate. So, yeah. Work on that a little bit, guys, and get back to us. Let us know, you know. The next thing we have, this is an interesting one. Rich actually pointed this out to me the other day. Forge, mm. there's a website called amdflaws.com. They are purporting that there are 13 critical oh. vulnerabilities in manufacturer backdoors in AMD processors. There are currently four classes of vulnerabilities. There's Rise and Fall, which allows malicious code to take complete control of the AMD secure processor. There's Fallout, which allows has vulnerabilities that allow t- attackers to read from and write to protected memory areas, such as SMRAM and Windows Credential Guard isolated memory. There's Chimera, which is two sets of manufacturer backdoors discovered. One is implemented in firmware. The other one is in hardware ASIC. It links the CPU to USB, SATA, and PCIe devices. This is, you know, Master Key is a, the fourth one, it's multiple vulnerabilities in the AMD secure processor firmware. It allows attackers to infiltrate the secure processor. Now, the thing I would like to point out is that 
This is possibly like an assassination attempt on AMD by Viceroy Research and CTS Labs. The reason why this is all coming out is that CTS Labs created the, the website amdflaws.com, and then Viceroy Research did a very interesting report, is what I will say, on the CTS Labs yeah. security allegations. <laughs> I don't think anybody's at this point. Yeah. The last I saw, you yeah. know, before I, <laughs> I went to, in for a nap, which was like three hours yeah. ago, the last I saw, nobody was actually doubting any more the validity of the bugs. Yeah. yeah. No, no. At but this point, AMD, definitely... uh, I read an article that said AMD was pretty seriously looking at them and trying to come up with a plan yeah. of attack. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so the flaws are real. Now, you know, people are saying, like, it's it's no Spectre, it's no Meltdown. I, I get I, that. It's, it's pretty bad. But <laughs> it doesn't make them any less serious yeah. because a lot of the Intel SME stuff that we've talked about is very similar to these bugs yeah. or these flaws. Supposedly the flaws or backdoors or both were put in place by AS media, which is a subsidiary of Asus tech, which are, which is a Taiwanese mm. company. Yeah. So if you run AMD, you're not any safer than an Intel processor. <laughs> well, mar- mar- I would say still maybe marginally, but yeah, like the management engine stuff is still, you're not as, same You're not as it. free and clear as you thought you were, is what I'll say. Yeah. Yes. The yeah, next bit of news it. we have is that there are some VPN bugs, I guess we could call them, or vulnerabilities. There are three popular VPN services named in this, Hotspot Shield, ZenMate, and PureVPN. I originally thought that we had talked about something related to PureVPN Pure recently, but it was actually MySafeVPN. Mm-hmm. So Hotspot Shield is the big one named in this in this article. And it has three separate bugs. Which we have talked yes, about. we have talked about that one, yeah. yeah. Uh, there are three separate bugs in the company's Chrome extension, which handles the proxy autoconfig scripts. They are, well, essentially what the bugs are doing is they're leaking real IP addresses, which is, Brent, is, this is a bad thing, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, I, I <laughs> well, I mean, if you're fucking trying to be anonymous, it's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. I would classify that so, as pretty bad, yeah. Anchor Free has fixed the bugs, which who, who makes Hotspot Shield has fixed the bugs and noted that it's mobile and desktop apps were not affected. The article mm. writers or researchers wrote, reached out to ZenMate and PureVPN. PureVPN said that they had fixed the bugs a week earlier. I don't know. Any, I don't see anything from ZenMate. They didn't respond. So, yeah. Mm. Try to watch who you're using for your VPN services. The, As always, I'm going to take the moment now to do a quick plug for my employer. Yeah. Who's that again? You know, so like, you know, like, of, of course, like, being totally transparent for it, I work them. I, I love the company, but Foxy Proxy also has VPNs. So if you are looking to replace, <laughs> perhaps Hotspot Shield, you know, head over to getfoxyproxy.org because that's the company I work for. I know I put a lot of time and effort into make sure it's a good network. So, Whew. yeah. So the next thing we have is that so there's a hacking group called App Fifteen which is linked with Chinese intelligence, and they reportedly penetrated a UK government contractor and stole military tech. This company called NCC Group was brought in. They were brought in last May to investigate. They Mm -hmm. found that the hacking group App15 used uh, backdoors such as Royal CLI and Royal DNS, and then also their signature BS2005. This is a really kind of a cool article. Actually, they talk about what they did. The tools that the command and control servers were posted on were apparently hosted on a Linode or a Google server of some sort. They found this out based on IP and domain analysis. 
They used a Windows run key to create batch scripts, which then allowed it to avoid the behavioral detection. They were ejected. They were discovered and ejected, but they didn't give up. They regained access via the corporate virtual private network using a stolen certificate that they had extracted from a compromised host. So, you know, it, it doesn't end once you kick the guys out. You know, if they found a way in once, they can find a way in another time. So make sure you're keeping an eye on that, guys. Okay, and let's see. The next bit of news we have here is that Cisco has a vulnerability in the Cisco Prime Collaboration Provisioning Software, or PCP software, which could allow unauthenticated mm. local attackers to log in to the underlying Linux system. Once again, if, if someone has local access to your system, it's not as secure as you think it is. It Well, the, the vulnerability uses a hard-coded password on the system. Their updates have been released for it. There are no workarounds to address that vulnerability. The website, Cisco website, rates it as a 5.9 or a medium. However, extenuating hmm. circumstances could allow an attacker to elevate to root. And Lovely. they do have a list of vulnerable products on the website that we will link to you. And Holy our shit. last bit of news that we have here is uh, we talk about DDoSs quite a bit. How to handle them, how not to handle them. But I think you're going to like this one. GitHub suffered a DDoS. It was 1.35 terabits per second. Mm-hmm. It's fucking amazing to me that they could stand, withstand that much. That is now the new yeah. record. Or new yeah. world record. Recorded, recorded record, record, yeah. Yeah, recorded, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll but, but, like, I feel like we would know yeah, yeah. <laughs> if there was a higher yeah. one, you know. So they used their DDoS mitigation service, Akame Prolexic. The last big DDoS... Akame, yeah, the yeah. last big DDoS was actually in 2016 against DYN Den, which peaked at a whopping 1.2 terabits per second. The uh, Akame used a number of things to defend from the attack, including recently recently implemented mitigations from memcached servers. So memcached is, of course, known as an application attack. They essentially blocked memcached packets, denying them to come in. The last time GitHub was attacked was in 2015 for six days by Chinese possible Chinese-sponsored attackers, hackers. I remember that. The DDoS was monitored by Thousand Eyes, and they said it was concluded in about 25 to 30 minutes. So they actually did, from what I read here, they actually did a fantastic job of trying to troubleshoot the issue, calling their DDoS mitigation, and then letting the DDoS mitigation just take over. Like, they actually mm-hmm. let their DDoS mitigation do all the work for them. Like, mm-hmm. it was amazing. I really, I'm impressed by this article, they, really. They definitely learned their yeah. lesson from that, like, six-day yeah. I think the actual... Like, the attack lasted maybe 20, 30 minutes, yeah. but, like, the actual outage was only for about 10 yeah. minutes. Like, yeah. it, was, it was, like, nine point something minutes from re- from recollection. After eight minutes. Which is astounding yeah. for a, a DDoS that Well, size. in 10 minutes, they had called, they automatically called for help from Akame. Uh, the Akame yep. took over, and after eight minutes, the attacker stopped. So they have a nice little mm-hmm. graphic here, actually, on here. At 1725, they're normal. Like, 1727 or 28, it just, it's this massive spike straight up almost it's yeah. like an 85 degree line going straight up and then it just has this lovely lovely peak and then this gradual drop down still about a 75 or 60 degree arc it's amazing it's seriously amazing so check this yeah. article out uh, guys it's really really awesome they did a great job i'm impressed by github every time you know they have their uh their database get cracked and then they have this and they handle it with a plum you know yeah, and we do have, you know, we trash on them when we can. 
but like a lot of that's just my personal sure. bias against centralized yeah. you know source code repositories I'm totally cool if people mirror to them, but I don't think they should be your authoritative source for for code. I think it depends sharing. what you're doing. Uh, maybe, maybe, but yeah, like all that aside, they handled it with a lot of yeah. grace. And I think and, that's the that's the most and, important thing is that they were able yeah, to. Yeah, they handled you know, it really well. I am impressed. I, I, so, and and for me to say that about GitHub is <laughs> well, so one something. of the things that especially you know guys in our field we're it. You know, we go in somewhere and we work, mm. and we're it. We handle email and tickets and you know crash servers and for a company to say we can't handle this but we have a company who can and then shift it over to them i think that speaks volumes to you know this idea that it's not just a one-man show everywhere you go you know and it shouldn't be Mm -hmm. it really shouldn't be you know yeah but super proud of them you know yeah and that's that's been news that has been the news wait i have a question no yes I've never heard of a fucking DDoS mitigation like company or service. Yeah, yeah. Is that a real thing? Oh yeah, absolutely. So what they'll do typically, you know, if they if they do it right, and I, you know, I'm not in the business, and I haven't even racked for a long time, so I haven't had to directly deal with it in a very long time. But back when I was a rack monkey, <laughs> the way we would typically deal with it, I mean, I never had to, but like when we would mitigate it, you have things like. Um, hardware firewalls who do inspection and they say like okay there's a lot of these types of packets coming from a bunch of different ips so it totally ignores the ips and instead dynamically implements blocking for the type of behavior it's based on these appliances cost a a very large amount of money because they're they try to be intelligent yeah so at the end of the day you get a firewall that instead of like a hard policy or rule-based th- filtering system where it's like, okay, are you trying to reach port X at host Y? If yes, go ahead. If not, you know, fuck off. You instead have something like, okay, are you sending X am- amount of bytes to this port or this port range? And, and you know, is it tip- Is it encrypted? Is it like, you know, raw characters? Stuff like that. Like they'll do a sampled... Packet inspection, basically. You don't want to do packet inspection on the whole thing, because that'll fuck you over. (laughs) But then, typically, the way you actually firewall off that sort of thing is you would rather null route it, rather than just drop the packets. Because it tends to discourage continued, you know, continuation of the attack. Well, it's it's, it's like like responding to an email that's a spam, or... You know, clicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to reply right. to it because then they'll know it's an active. So yeah. It's, it, so by disabling the port or whatever, then it says, "Oh, it's not there." Then plus, you can make the problem worse if it, True. especially if it's a DDoS, by sending a reject packets yeah. instead of just dropping them, because then you clog up your outbound even more. Especially in cases like this, where it's like a reflection type of a thing. Yeah. If you're one of the intermediary things, like if if you're the one that was running a, an open memcache, shame on you. <laughs> but if you were. You would not only have to then be sending out tons of these reflected packets, but you would also be sending reject packets, hypothetically, once you switched over. And that's still the same problem. You're still sending out a ton of packets for something you really shouldn't be sending out traffic for at all. Whew. Are you guys ready to get into the, the yeah, topics? Yeah, let's do it, man. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Let's We're, get it on. Yeah, this is, definitely, this is going to be a long episode. I get it, it on. All right, so how to choose an enterprise distro. I didn't even bother looking at that link we have in the source, in, in the scratch pad. 
I'm looking at it. Because... Go ahead. Because I can tell you right now, your two choices are Debian or CentOS-based. Or, well... No, obviously not, based on the goddamn article. Calm down. Brunt. Calm down. Okay, I would say Debian or... Who's getting mad again? Red Hat. I am mad. I'm always fucking mad. I would say Debian or Red Hat-based, because then that includes Ubuntu and CentOS. I would not say Clear Linux is on that list. Well, Which is what the article specifically supposes. Apparently, it's the fastest. Yeah. yeah. So but here's the thing. Not that doesn't mean it's going to have... Most powerful. Yeah. Which, yeah, what does that even mean? Yeah, so so here's the thing, is this was at some point, I'm trying to find now if it still is, but I'm pretty sure that this is Intel-backed. Oh, Clear <laughs> Linux? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Or it was. So here I'm linking to you in IRC right now. Well, you laugh, but hold on, hold on. So I'm linking to you right now in our, our no, IRC the, channel. The, I mean, the slash dot, I, I finally clicked on the fucking article. It says, recently completed Linux distro benchmarks by Pharonix show Intel's clear uh-huh. Linux. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, no. <laughs> it did a six-way enterprise-focused Linux distro comparison, and it says that yeah, clear yeah, Linux yes. is the fastest with the core i9 and Xeon systems, easily beating CentOS, OpenSUSE, and Ubuntu. So here's what I want to say about this. So yes. Obviously, I work in you know an environment where performance is actually fairly important, mm-hmm. and our cluster does run Intel hardware, mm-hmm. you know the processors anyway. So we had seriously talked about demoing this just to see what it would do on some older hardware in terms of like, hey, mm-hmm. could we get another year out of this because we're using mm-hmm. this OS? Which you know, I personally I haven't actually tried it. That didn't ever come to fruition. A lot of things and stuff and whatever. <laughs> Right. But, you know, what is the actual performance boost? And I would agree with you, for most enterprise environments, I think, and we've talked about this extensively in the past, I'm pretty sure we actually have a whole topic that was choosing an enterprise distro before. I don't recall it, which is why I put it on the list. Okay, well... Or why I moved it over from suggested topics. Yeah. Right. So, in any case... What we did talk about was distros you would want for high-performance mm. computing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, apparently this should have been on the list. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Only if you have a Core i9. Oh, I do have a Core i9, by the way, in my desktop. You do now, yeah. Yeah. Humble, humble yeah. brag. Maybe a how, little how bit. Is, how <laughs> but, is it? Do you like it? Would you, but, let me ask so you this. The, Would you buy it again? Honestly, no. Okay. Because, like, the clock speed is lower than my i7 mm. was. And my i7 was, like, three years old. Now, yeah, normally, like, clock speed is some like you know i rigged it out so i can overclock if i need to i have a a, you know a water cooling system set up and everything which by the way have gotten way better you get like like, got the all-in-one though right yeah yeah i've got an all-in-one exactly because i don't have to i don't want to worry about having to keep it topped off i don't want to have to worry about it leaking yeah right right. we got super off topic by the way we did we did like i was in the middle of being a person (laughs) well We did. And now I'm not a person. You're bringing it back. You're still a person. I, I won't I'm running out of scotch, goddammit. I mean, as much as we want to hold, say hold, that you, you are or aren't a person, you are definitely still a person. I don't think us getting off topic changes that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a good point. Let's let's get back on topic. As far as like the criteria, I think, would, would be a much better direction to take this like what criteria do you need to actually be a good enterprise distro right you need to have stability you need to have point releases mm-hmm. like as much as i love arch and it's rolling release it, yeah it's not ideal for like release. 
Yeah. Okay, so this is what I was getting at before you fuckers took away my personhood. <laughs> okay, go. What? But I mean, that's what I was going to say is in an enterprise environment, you know, if you're running a VM server or mm-hmm. you're running VMs that are meant to host production websites or whatever, yep. regardless of what the hypervisor is, I don't think ClearOS is a great choice, especially, you know, at that point, you're already taking a performance hit because virtual machine, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. whatever, who yeah. gives a fuck. But I really do think that this operating system was designed for performance more than like being the most stable or best idea or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know... Me personally, like, you know, my current big compute cluster will be phased out in about 18 months or so. And so, you know, I am constantly thinking about what's next. Are we going to migrate to, you know, keeping a smaller on-prem footprint and, you know, bursting out into the the cloud? Or what are we going to do to accommodate the use case of my researchers? And, you know, I don't have a great idea of what that looks like yet because... There's a lot of things that go into it, including funding and who's applying for said funding and all these other things, because I can't personally do that, right? I don't have a PhD. I can't really apply for grants. Mm -hmm. So the best I can do is try to encourage my researchers to do that for, like, not for me, but, you know, convince them that it's the right direction to head. Or not convince them, but, you know, obviously if I'm telling them to do that, I think it's actually the best idea. So basically, hey, I want to play with this hardware, get a grant so we can get it? No, no, no. I mean, if I were going to try in the next 18 months to get a whole new compute cluster... I would basically identify who my biggest users are right now. I would spec out the hardware that I think caters to them more than everybody else. And I would approach them and say, you know, our current cluster is going to see the end of its life. I think you should apply for these grants and I might present them with two or three. I think you should ask for this hardware and cite these reasons. Here's the usage statistics of what you've done over the last, you know, three years with our current cluster. And I would have to basically rely on them to write that grant mm-hmm. for the institution. And that's really not my, I mean, I keep saying me, but really, you know, the IT director takes care of all that shit. It's not so really me. I'm going, I'm looking through this article, looking at the benchmarks, and apparently Clear Linux is just absolutely fucking amazing because all their numbers are well ahead of every other distro in here. Mm. And of course, I say that with all the sarcasm I can muster. This looks doctored to me, is what this looks like. Not doctored, I should say skewed. Skewed, skewed definitely. Biased, I, I mean, yeah, I'm looking yeah. at I'm looking at a compiled benchmark right now for I.O. performance, and CentOS is uh, 256, so more is better. So 256 megabits per, megabytes per second. Clear, clear is doing 628.6 megabytes a second. You know, I... Uh... I I think the it's next, possible. The next you highest see... from that, though, is Ubuntu 18. So, you know, wow. right at 548. Yeah. So here's the thing, though, is first of all, I think that's a stupid fucking benchmark sure. because sure. in most environments, I don't think most people are thinking about fucking compiling as like the most important thing that they do. And, you know, the honest truth is as well, not in every environment, but in a lot of environments, the limiting factor is not usually CPU anyway. It's fucking IO. The thing that disk. I'm curious about is they've used the same the same hardware for all of these. Have they made sure that they have all of the requisite patches? I mean, are they using a fully patched ClearOS system and a Ubuntu 16 system that's, you know, hadn't seen patches for a couple of days or a week or a month? I mean, I'd like to actually yeah, see, are, you is know. Is it the same kernel right, version? exactly, you know. Or even the same compiler. Right. That's... Which it doesn't oh, specify yeah, that right. I see. mention in a lot Because of Intel could be using the Intel compiler, yeah. which clearly has some it's advantages. No, no, no. It's all even... Yeah. They're all the same. 
they're definitely not taking advantage of anything at all. I mean, I don't want to be a grunchy, a grunchy, a grouchy, like doubting Thomas or anything like that. He's crunchy. You bite into him, you break your fucking I, teeth. I, no, I said it with a, I said it with a G, grunchy. grunchy. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what that would be, but I like it. I don't want to be that guy, <laughs> but I can't help but wonder, you know, like how. What was the the sort of determining factor here between these comparisons? Like, obviously, they grabbed the newest version of each, which is fine and dandy. I mean, they did run, beyond that first page, a lot of different tests. Like, one of them is them running John the Ripper. Yeah, they did run a lot of tests, but I still, I'm looking at the graphs, and all of the OSs have a slight trend upward from one to the next to the next. And then clear is way the fuck over on the other end of of the bar. And I just... That just screams to me that they are taking values that are too high. Like, they've taken the extreme value high end for clear and the extreme low end for the other ones, you know? Yeah, or, or like, they averaged out the other ones. Sure. You know, it does, it feels markety to me. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't want to... But it's Pharonix, too. Pharonix tested the speeds, and Pharonix has a really good reputation. They really try and provide reliable results. So I'm not too worried if the results are by Pharonix and corroborated by them and everything. But So there's a comment, actually, in the Slashdot article. It says, yeah. Linux distro produced by Intel, tuned by Intel for latest Intel hardware, works fastest of any distro on latest Intel hardware. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like AIX, right? right? Like, there's a reason it's it's so tuned. (laughs) Because it's developed by IBM, you know? Like, like when you're... That's kind of natural to to expect. Like, what I want to know is, do you have to use specific hardware? Like, besides just the the CPU, do they recommend a specific motherboard to work with this, this operating, this distro? Specific, like, SSDs, you know? Like, do they have a recommended hardware profile? Well, anyway, so I don't know. damn it, if I, I could know. finish my oh, fucking holy thought. Him, really? <laughs> sorry, sorry, go, go, go ahead. Well, all I never really got to say is for, you know, things like I was describing, web hosts and shit like that, I would always choose CentOS or Red Hat. But if I were truly building a new cluster and I thought that I could have some kind of advantage by using something like ClearOS, would I consider it? Yeah, probably. Is all I was really you... <laughs> But that's because we aren't necessarily no, worried wait. about having the most stable or whatever. We're worried about, you know, squeezing sure. performance out of things. Well, for an HPC, that's, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Right, which, but again, I'm pretty sure is what also... it was actually designed for. Mm-hmm. You guys also, though, you run a multitude of different software on that cluster, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder, yeah. like, with things <laughs> like Red Hat and CentOS... Well, that's my point, though, is if you keep scrolling through their tests, like looking at the hidden Markov model test, Clear was actually the last Mm -hmm. one on the list. It was the worst. So I'm sure it'd be a gamble and would be completely, you know, dependent on your environment and your users. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would imagine it'd be great if you have a ton of money to throw at Intel and be like, look, can you come up with some patches that make this particular software that we run and only run work great on Clear Linux? I feel like that... It gets better. Yeah, I feel like that would be the ideal case for this. It gets better. I'm sitting here looking at the ClearOS site, and the community edition that you could download is not for production Mm -hmm. use. You have to purchase... (laughs) Of course. You have to purchase either the home or business edition for production use. They have a home edition? Home edition that's paid for. But they have a home edition. Yeah, yeah, that's what it says. ClearOS 7.3 home edition. 
Why? If it's... I listen. No, I don't know. Nope. <laughs> not gonna ask. Not gonna ask. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna waste the cycles on it. And to be true, it, to to be to be true. To be honest, it doesn't matter if you are using Clear OS. What do you mean? And you have. I mean, whether they have a home edition or not, none of us are going out to buy it. But if you are using it or whatever, who mm-hmm. the fuck cares? Like, I'm well, not here I, to tell anybody I what mean, to do. But I, I feel like maybe you're fucking it was a waste of Bitcoin mining and Clear OS is advantageous. No, I don't. Maybe know about I'm that. just saying. I like, have I my doubts. All right, well, I, I put a, I put a link so we can we can at least you know, <laughs> link to them. I think I think we we're beating the dead horse we at are. this point. We're only one. We're we're one out of four of our topics so far. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. And we're not moving any to the next episode. I already decided this. We're gonna make this a long episode if it needs to be. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm, we're just gonna moving on. on. So moving so right being along. A good mentor. This, unlike the clear Linux bullshit, is actually something I, I do have experience with. Mm-hmm. And my Padawan <laughs> is actually on this podcast. <laughs> Don't talk about uh, so I've, like I've, that. No, <laughs> you, you also, nuts. I've been... You've what? mentored me a little bit, too. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But I'm not, good, I'm not like your, your yeah. dedicated guru. It's kind I'm of not just, your guru. Capital I'd G use guru. the word okay. It's not really oh good. <laughs> Excuse you. I feel like you wouldn't be... Hold on. See? He's not that good. He walks Sorry. away. away <laughs> no, I, I had to let the stupid cat out of the room because he keeps coming in and out. <laughs> listen. Listen. Oh, yeah, listen. Alright. I feel like I did a pretty dang good job because I don't know if you would be where you would be if I didn't mentor you. All those I years. don't For those who are like unfamiliar, a... I've been... J-Thaw's been my Padawan for like nine years at least. Yeah. I mean, we, oh, we sort years, of, right? yeah. for a very long time, we were very in touch, and you were constantly helping me. But then you took a couple of years off when you moved to fucking New Orleans and shit. Yeah, I kind of disappeared from that. So from it, I, we didn't actually country. start talking again, really, until I first started at BioFrontiers. And I pinged you on IRC and was like, hey, I'm a sys admin now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you were like, fuck, I've always wanted to do day. this podcast. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Little did I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you love it. But yeah, no, I can say from experience. I you know, we joke around about mentorships at least in like the Linux world and the well, the Unix world in general, I guess. You know, we call them like like padawans and masters or or gurus and apprentices and stuff like that. It's closer to the Sith than the Jedi. <laughs> and I don't I don't mean that just to be funny. I mean like there's like there's like one master and one apprentice. Like, you really need to have that one-to-one pairing, I think. Otherwise, like, it gets... I don't think I could give two people the same amount of mentorship that I gave Jathan. <laughs> uh, I, all I know is that there were a lot of conversations that I came in on that were... I was concerned for Jathan's health. <laughs> <laughs> I'd see it and I'd be like... Don't lie. I'd be like, oh man, he's gonna kill him this time. <laughs> yeah we we definitely i think that's that's part of the relationship that makes it It is it is like we've we've known each other for years so like he knows he can say and do some pretty dumb stupid shit (laughs) he knows i'm gonna rip his asshole i'm gonna rip him a new asshole for it (laughs) yeah please don't don't rip my old asshole just rip me a new one (laughs) oh yeah yeah of course you know redundancy is better than uh so well, if, if you can't have two gallbladders, you may as well have two buttholes to take care of the extra oh, drainage. Right. Exactly. Man, you are weird. Sure. 
But no, I mean, that's like, he knows I'm going to rip him a new one because he's, he's taught, he's doing some stupid shit. But at the end of the day, we both know, like, it's just, it's best to just like move on from there. Like we both know what's going to happen. I know my blood pressure is going to go up from it. And he knows like he's going to get berated <laughs> a little bit. And that's our dynamic that I wouldn't say that's the, the right dynamic to take for every mentorship. But that's our dynamic, and we've had that dynamic for a very long time. Yeah, and I think you've probably seen it on the show at some point. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially season Maybe zero. Maybe like one time. It. When it was yeah. just the, the two of us, yeah. It definitely came out then. So, like, that's... And that's kind of why we all make fun of Jathan now, is, is because, like, he publicly has been exposed as in, in that sort of <laughs> mentorship role. Sorry... Only a little bit sorry about that. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, the when I berate Jathan... He knows it's because, like, I want him to be better. And to be fair, like, like, don't laugh. You know, it's true. And I'm really proud of how he's, of where he's gotten. I mean, like, years ago, when I first started trying to help him with bullshit, it was, what was, what would you say was the one thing that pissed me off the most back then? Back then? Yeah. Like, when then? Like, the first, maybe two or three years of mentoring you. Honestly, I think that you were just so much more patient back then. <laughs> yeah, because I knew but, you were new to it. And, and also, I yeah. you didn't know better. And we were, yeah, we were using Gentoo back then, too. So, like, <laughs> honest to God, I don't know. requires a certain amount of zen. At some point, I figured you would have just been like, uh, oh, just, just uninstall it and use something else. <laughs> I don't know. I can't really think of a project that just completely had you fucking raging at me, per se. I didn't, that's true, I didn't really rage at you. You rage much now time. much more. Well, that's because but I think you it's should because, know better. Yeah, right, exactly. And, and you don't even rage about. when I, yeah, and you don't even rage when I ask legitimate questions. You rage when I ask questions that I could find my own answer to. <laughs> or <laughs> I've heard that one. Yeah. Or, or when you're just, like, when I'm beating something completely with a dead horse and you've already provided some kind of context or, dead horse? Or, or, like... Whatever. <laughs> beating. beating. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm answering the same question, uh, yes. Yes, you're beating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm beating you with the dead horse. Oh, God. That is, that is fucking... Please don't hit me with a dead horse. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Be, uh, <laughs> I think we should definitely try to do that at Hope. Yeah, uh, just get a... Just carry around a horse carcass and just be Jason yes, with it for a dollar. yes. yes. <laughs> oh boy! I feel, yeah. I feel like the CDC would have something to say about that. Uh, who cares? A- anyway, anyway, Jesus H. So mentoring is good. I'm trying to think of a good example of you recently raging, like the Borg backup conversation and the SSH thing. Uh, when we were talking about oh, running an alt SSH yeah. daemon on your backup location. Yep. But to be fair, there was some misunderstanding there from my part. No, no, there's no to be fair about this. I was, yes, there I was is. very clear. We're not going to get into this on air fucking all over again. It's the ducks thing all but over again. But I was very clear about why I was running a separate daemon, a separate SSH daemon specifically for Borg. Anyways. I didn't thought of that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, I, that was all like a personal mentorship, though. Now, the, the hot shit in Silicon Valley is to run professional mentorships. Where, uh, you know, yeah. like, the senior dev takes on the junior dev. Shit like that. And that's a totally different dynamic. I can't, I would hate that, honestly, because I can't, in that environment, it's obviously a professional environment, so I can't have, like, the typical Jathan root dynamic there, <laughs> you know, where I can just, like, 
virtually slap him upside the head and be like, you fucking idiot, what are you doing? Why did you not read the documentation on this? Like, that is highly frowned upon in tech culture and in professional, you know, environments. Granted, it's for a good reason. I, you know, I I agree that, you know, you probably shouldn't condone that sort of congeniality, I guess we can call it. But I don't know. It's a totally different monster because without that sort of personal element to it, I don't know. It just feels different to me. It feels way more, it, it feels way too formal. And I feel like that kind of stifles things. I would encourage everyone to have one guru and, and one apprentice or one master and one Padawan, if you will. Because there's always new stuff to learn and there's always stuff to teach other people who are learning. So, and you know, when you teach something, you, you learn it better. Yeah. In the professional environment, though, I don't know if that's scalable. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is not everybody wants to be mentored. There are some people, there's a couple things to say along those lines. I mean, one, some people just learn better by doing completely on their own, and I think that's fine. Yeah. Some people learn through fucking hard knocks because they did something really stupid from a security (laughs) standpoint and got compromised. (laughs) Yeah. I've never done that. I've never been compromised. (laughs) Primarily because if there's one thing... I have. I I have not. If there's one thing that I still ask questions about... to your knowledge. It's usually... Yeah, true. It's usually, like, security things. Like, even this whole email thing, I ran all my SSL settings by brent before i really went live with it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so anyway Uh, i mean not everybody wants to be mentored and number two is i don't think you can just say like this person is your mentor i think that it has to be the right person and so like Mm. right now i am trying to hire a student employee to work for me Mm. and i had i had hired a student uh, about two years ago that student is now full-time actually not doing anything related to what i do But what I had really hoped for that relationship was somebody who really wanted to fucking learn things. And the reason for that is I think it pushes you, you know, like Brent said, to know more yourself. Like if someone's asking me questions and holding me accountable for teaching them these things, I need to know my Mm shit. Excuse me. So I was really hoping that I had hired a student that was going to just like sort of latch on to me and ask me fucking everything and want to do all the things. A a quick side note to to illustrate that. In answering Jathan's questions, I have fixed no no less than three bugs with my mail servers in the process because i was like oh holy (laughs) shit i I didn't realize that that ptr record was missing for instance and one of them yeah i actually pointed out to you yeah yeah exactly so it definitely it's not entirely for altruistic reasons you do benefit from mentoring as well as being the mentee mentee mentori mentori i don't think it's mentee i feel like it sounds too much like menzies what no, I'm pr- I'm almost positive it's mentee. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Anyways. So the other thing is I'm looking for a student now. And again, I'm really hoping for that type of relationship with a student. I'm hoping for like a sophomore that's going to spend a good, you know, year and a half or two years with me before they graduate at a minimum mm-hmm. and who really wants to just learn shit because I am definitely the kind of manager or boss who... You know, if somebody says, I want to learn how to do this, even if it's not directly relevant or going to advance, you know, my actual work, I'm not going to say no, as long as you're learning and doing something that's mostly relevant. Mm -hmm. Or I'll try to work it into a project somehow and at least make it seem relevant. But in general, I mean, just having another person around to do those types of things and start to teach about those types of things, I think is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely would agree with that. The, The challenges with that. And, you know, there's plenty, but they're like, most of them are just bullshit stuff. Like, you know, my mentor is 
telling me to do this thing, but I don't understand why. Or, you know, my, my Padawan is totally making some really stupid design decisions right now. And, and how do I convey that? You know, there's like the practical aspect of it, yeah. which is mostly just communication issues. Sure. Well, and the other thing is, I actually don't usually think of myself as like a highly motivated person. This is a little bit of a tangent, but it sort of popped into my head and I've had some No, you're scotch. lazy. My you're, tolerance you're totally is... lazy. <laughs> yeah, but how much time did I spend just using Gentoo because I wanted to? Like uh, well, how much time? I don't know. <laughs> how much That's... time did I spend like tweaking Gentoo as best as I could, even though I never had to? Yeah, but you were like you were a ricer, and that it kind of <laughs> helped you land where you are now. <laughs> but I learned so much through that. Like, That's true. I didn't that have to. True. I didn't have to ricing do any fun, of that. Man. But I, it was for some people. I don't <laughs> find it to be that fun now. <laughs> despite, oh, you know, okay. getting paid for it. <laughs> well, that, maybe that's why it's not fun anymore, because now yeah, you're paid right. to do it. But, I mean, I could still be using Gentoo and, you know, cracking my own skull open on a you... regular basis. <laughs> you could be. You know what? That would probably solve my mail server issues, because I could what, change the use your flag. skull open? <laughs> yeah, because I could... I could change the use flags that Clam is compiled right with, and it wouldn't use so much fucking RAM. Hey, hey you know... That's true. MAV has the uh, the demon uh, clam D. <laughs> I know. You should you should fork it and call it clam J thumb. <laughs> <laughs> what is it gonna do? Just every time you run it, it every five seconds, it just emails you telling you to, to calm down. <laughs> e- e- emails J thumb to now. Emails J thumb to calm down. Yeah. Yeah, like every person that runs it. Every instance it runs it. If I send you an angry email, you know that your emails are successfully sent. Oh my god, yes, we have to do this. Oh, that's hilarious. I've already forked every fucking project there is. Yeah, yeah, your first answer is to just fork it. Maybe not the best answer. Like, I'm upset with a piece of open source software. Fuck it, I'm forking it. I need this to work my way. I want to get some good tips in before we continue to the next topic here. Yeah. Because this is. Yeah, I'm going to shut the well, fuck up. I, well, no, I mean, you, it's important to get, like, I would say, like, communication is probably the biggest factor. And then second to that, but very close second, is you both have to have a passion for the subject matter. Like, I would have not put up with Jathan shit, frankly speaking, for so long if I didn't have a passion about Linux and, and him using Linux and using it more. I think he's in love with me. No, I definitely am not in love with you. <laughs> but I think you want him to be I, in love with you. But uh, no, I like, I, yeah, I maybe. could talk him into it. <laughs> Wait till hope. No, no, we're gonna take I, a picture. I don't. Well, just like uh, like last hope. Well, you're gonna be a little closer. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we we're gonna to do, b- the, do like a the, stop motion. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I I would say like. Number one is communication. Number two, but like very close number two, is passion for the subject matter. And those two things, I think, make the biggest difference in mentorship. I wanted to talk more about professional mentorship, but I don't really have a lot of experience with that, so I can't talk as much about it. But I would if say you would like to come on the air and talk about professional <laughs> so, mentorship, yeah. please email Jathan at SysAdministrative.com. I, I actually have some there comments you go. about that. Yes. As far as professional mentorship is concerned, I mean, if you're hired as a junior, then being mentored is part of that. But at the same time, mm-hmm. some companies are like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not hiring you to learn. You should already be... Which is bullshit. Yeah, right. Exactly. So... I think as long as you have a company that is familiar with the idea of on-the-job training, as Mm -hmm. it used to be called specifically, you know, 
I think that's okay. But when you get to a point where they're saying, he should already know this. No, you need to understand how long it takes for someone to get to speed, you know? Like, not everyone is, you know, freaking Einstein at computers and tech support and servers. Well, I'd be careful with that because there is, like, if you're hired on as the junior identity manager admin, you should probably fucking know how LDAP works. You know? Sure, like, sure, sure. Like, there's, sure. like, some core sure. concepts, but I wouldn't expect them to, like... Yeah, I wouldn't expect a junior versus versus a senior. I wouldn't expect the junior to know how to turn up a new open LDAP instance. As, as we talked about in last episode, open LDAP is very complex. Ridiculously so. Uh, and it requires a lot of work. Yeah. So you so, should use free IPA. Yes. That, not exactly where I was going. Like, use whatever's yeah, appropriate for yeah, your environment. Fine. You know, I, I, Striker's a, a great guy, and I think free IPA, free IPA is doing some great stuff. But use whatever's appropriate to your environment. Don't, you know, don't necessarily stick with one thing just because we had a guy on here for the show uh about it the fuck was i going with that oh right 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 right. but yeah but i mean that is a good point Peyton. that like you know you even the senior guy is constantly learning and he is the senior guy because he yeah i was gonna say that's very self-motivated to learn yeah yeah i mean i've got a senior guy at work that's he's actually disconnected from what i was originally originally hired into and what he originally Mm. was overseeing he's moved on and he's still like with us but as far as like reaching out to him about stuff like that, it's I have, I have to go to other people at this point now. But you know, mm-hmm. he's always taking a test. He's always you know certifying himself on new things. He's always playing with new technologies. And as far as you know, providing that mentorship, it's always there. You know, so finding someone like you said who's passionate about the same things you are, who is wanting to show you, hey, these new things. Let's learn these new things. That's that's what I think you need to have, you know? And then, of course, mm-hmm. obviously, sea levels who aren't completely clueless and understand that people are going to learn by doing, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, that's not how everybody learns, but I would say that's probably how most people learn. Sure. And especially within our industry, that tends to be the average. Joe is someone who learns by doing rather than reading. Yeah. And, you know, the honest truth is I don't need to run my own fucking email, but I want to put it on my resume and understand it better. So yeah. I did it. Mm-hmm. And, I, you well, know, it's I, a, I also. It's a good thing to have. It's a dying talent, but yet it's a core part of everything tech. You know, like emails are not going away as, as much as plenty of as much as Slack would want it to. It's not going away. Yeah. So it's good to to know how it works and, and to demonstrate that you have working knowledge of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. You guys want to move on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, we're. We can make the next one pretty quick. For our listeners' note, we are an hour and nine minutes into the Raw so far. So. Well, you know. What? Fuck it. (laughs) Let's make it a three hour episode. No, we're not doing three hours. It'll. it'll, At a guess, I want to say it'll be about an hour 30 in the Raw, which is probably about an hour 20, hour 15 in the release. So let's talk about Let's Encrypt now offering wildcard certs and offering Acme version 2 service. Yeah, so I was actually doing a little bit of reading about this. You can get the wildcard certs only by using their Acme version 2 service. But once you actually do that, that makes sense. now they do require you to modify your DNS text records, you know, so you can demonstrate you have control over that domain, which is, I mean, yep. that's reasonable. I've, also makes I've done sense, that a yeah. thousand times, you know. But, you know, one cert to control all of your, secure all of your subdomains, your domains and subdomains. I think that's, that's fantastic. And we talked about this last season when they announced Mm. that it was going to come into play in 2018. You know, I, 
I think it's great. I'm looking forward to securing my websites with a wildcard cert. I think they originally had planned for a February release. Maybe. Obviously, like this was just announced, what, yesterday? So they did miss that. Officially. Yeah. I think it was activated, though, sooner. Like, if you were in the know, you could actually have been using them for a couple of weeks now. Really? Unsure. Uh, Unsure. I, I'd have to... I'll try to find... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to do it for the show notes, because it's a lot of research and it's a little yeah, payoff. Sure. But I would suspect, if you search their API docs on the archive.org mirrors, mm-hmm. yeah, you could get the answer to that. I, but, I did well, see... Well, they... Uh, Go ahead. they well, I was going to say, they. Uh, I had bitched about their documentation in the past, but they redid a lot of it, and I was just reading through some last night, and I was more impressed anyway. Yeah, yeah. I did see on Twitter that there are some people who were complaining about it not being working properly or not being completely stable right now. Uh, I'm sure mm. that they are working through any kinks that they have. You know, I, I mean, it is a new service for them, so they can't be perfect every time. So mm-hmm. I'd say be patient with it and, you know, do the best you can. You know, I think the that was probably the one main thing holding them back from wide scale adoption. I would say now there's there's really no reason to not go with them unless you need an extended validation cert. But honestly, those things are kind of bullshit these days, yeah. anyways. Yeah, so yeah, 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 absolutely. So sort of along the same lines in terms of you know making decisions and going with things or not, <laughs> are you going to get a wildcard cert? You know, I probably will for work. Because so do you know the, yes. do you know if they support having different private keys across different servers at least? That oh, that's a good question. Because that is the only way I would probably get a wildcard cert, because otherwise just having the same I don't think you can, key and cert across my whole info. Well well and that's the other thing, yeah. Like that's the risk. And I did want to bring that up, so thank you for doing that. I would not do it so we offer HTTPS proxies on our nodes. You know, for for those not aware, obviously, like you heard me plug earlier, uh, we're a VPN provider. We're also a proxy provider and, you know, a SOX provider. And we offer HTTPS proxy as well as just plain text HTTP. And obviously you need a cert for that. And it needs to be a validated cert these days because both Firefox and Chrome hate self-signed certs. They really do. So I leveraged Let's Encrypt to do that. However, I would not run wildcard certs for those nodes. Because they're spread over a much more wide network provider list. And yeah. they're a much more, I don't know, I just have a much worse, I have a bad feeling about doing that. Because that's too much to control. I like having yeah, one right. node, be... one cert. And then... Well, and in your case, from a security yeah. standpoint, if one node got compromised. Yeah, yeah right. I don't want the entire, and granted, like it's great that Let's Encrypt has a small renewal window, a small validity window. Yeah. I do as annoying as it is sometimes it's still it makes you know, sense it makes, it makes sense yeah it's not a 20 year well, license or whatever you know or or even like a one year which is the standard for yeah right you mm-hmm. know other like paid for trusted third party something I'm certs. something I'm yes. curious about though that I'm not 100% on is how much does a certain normally cost like if you buy a year or two year or three year does depends it depend on, on well depends so on, the on the CA yeah oh, okay yeah. And so our first cert for the podcast, for example, was before Let's Encrypt was really a thing. Mm-hmm. We used Thought, right? Thought SSL 123 cert. We got it through Namecheap. And it was like... So it, it's actually yeah. immensely cheaper to... It was, I should say. Namecheap no yeah, longer right. offers <laughs> Thought certs. Well, if I had access to PayPal, anyway, yeah. I could go back and tell you exactly how I much it was. I can tell you. It was, it was about $25 a year. Yeah, okay. 
so, so, so that being one said, to three years most wildcard certs start at around a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as the the thing is, a lot of people as soon as they're like, oh, we have you know five or six subdomains, immediately they want to get a wildcard cert, which I think is fine. Other than it's important to understand the security implications of doing and that. And wildcard certs are a which lot it more dep- expensive. They're like three hundred dollars for a year. I don't think so. Yeah, no. yeah, they were. I'm going to look it up. That's what I recall. But the other thing is... That's not name cheap pricing, though. That's, like, direct from the CA price. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking up, like, Komodo right now just because that's who I use for work. Mm -hmm. Because I I have Mm -hmm. to. But... Oh, God. I'm so sorry for you. Yeah. Yeah, I've used Komodo certs in the past. I'm not a fan. No, their basic wildcard cert is $42 a year. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's surprising. I guess now they have to be more competitive because probably of because Encrypt. of Let's Encrypt, yeah, yeah. And so some people would argue at this point that you know a purchase certificate from Komodo or Thought is still it shows that you that over there. have more validity or whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't personally feel that way because it's really about the implementation anyway. And as we saw from what's a, uh, what who were they? Um, oh, oh, nope. Nope, sorry, that's the baddie. We haven't talked about that yet this episode. Yeah, watch it. As you'll see in our baddie, you know, a CA being trusted really doesn't mean shit if they, you know, like, there's a lot of CAs out there, and many of them have had issues at this point. So I I don't really find that argument convincing. Yeah, I don't either, personally. But the only other thing I was going to say is there are legitimate use cases where a wildcard is really handy, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, if you're running high availability services and you actually need two nodes to have the same certificate and you're running HA proxy and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. wildcard search can be wildly useful there. So, but here's the problem with... with... But but you can still get away without them, by the way. Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, you just terminate SSL on the balancer itself. But here's the thing. You mentioned you wouldn't use wildcard certs unless you could use different keys. That's not how PKI works. Specifically, that's not how wildcard certs work. I don't know of a single wildcard implementation where you can do that. I, I don't even know how you would generate the CSR for that with multiple keys for one. It is possible to do it such that if you are compromised, you're still not compromised across everything using that cert. I, I was reading an article earlier. I will find it. The only way I can think of doing that is if you got like a wildcard cert from a bunch of different CAs. That's the only way I can think of doing that with multiple keys. I'm fucking looking it up. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, if you find it, I'll put it in the show notes. I'm on the wrong laptop, but I will. Okay. We'll just look for it later. Get me the link. I'll I'll put it in the show notes if you find it, because I would be interested in seeing how one would do that, because it makes no fucking sense from a PKI standpoint. Sure. But that being said, I think we're ready for that last topic. Are you guys ready? The last topic. Oh, God. This is going to turn into... Maybe... (laughs) Should we... we No. No. We're not saving any of them. We are... We are doing it. We already had to move the one topic over. Okay. All right. So, Jathan shared with me this article about an encrypted email provider end-to-end. You know, like, totally totally end-to-end. Not not just, like, using encryption for the tunnels kind of a thing. For the connections. Anyway, so there was a article written about how people were freaking out because this service, this encrypted email service, was blocked by Comcast. And then all of a sudden people are mm-hmm. crying like, oh, no, like, oh, I wish we had net neutrality still. And it's like, hey, you fuckers, we still have net neutrality. <laughs> the only thing that was repealed. And this is I hate sensationalism. I love net neutrality. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for it. I'm pissed that the regulations were removed uh, recently, that they were repealed. But you need to take it with a grain of salt. You need to understand, mm-hmm. like, hyperbolism is 
and or uh, hyperbole, I should say, and like inaccuracy doesn't do shit to help our cause in this. And saying like, oh, net neutrality was repealed. No, it fucking wasn't. A very small part of it was. Specifically, as it relates to mobile carriers and streaming video delivery. That's what was repealed. Mm -hmm. That is like, it was like the one part of that. And that was only introduced in, what, 2016? Yeah. So, no, net neutrality hasn't been repealed. And I wish people would stop fucking saying that because it's not accurate at all. Okay, but here's the thing. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Yes. All I'm saying, though, is it at least gets people fucking thinking about it and being upset, even if not for all of the right reasons. Sure. I, and that no. seems beneficial to me. Well, no, because at that point, you start to get into the discussion of, like, well, okay, like, is it okay to make shit up then or to overinflate <laughs> the the significance of something? Shit like that. And then from there, it's just a quick hop, skip, and a jump into, like, the discussion of do the ends justify the means? And you got to be careful with that because you still need integrity. Like, you can't... People have to be able to trust what you're saying and the claims you're making are true. We in the tech industry specifically fight this a lot. Security professionals in the tech industry have been arguing that the NSA was engaged in you know, illegal spying of U.S. citizens for years, years before Snowden. And they all thought we were crackpots. Not we. I wasn't I wasn't really a security researcher, but they all thought they were crackpots, even though they were right. Yeah, I had now I had a buddy who thought the Russians were spying on through his uh, webcam. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then a couple years later, (laughs) we found out like I told him no. But then a couple years later, here comes the frickin NSA and their bullshit. Yeah. And we find out that there's actually a lot of cases where you know people actually are spying through webcams and that's why you know everybody covers their webcams with paper and, and tape and stuff now so like it's important that like there it's a crazy world and you're gonna make some claims that seem absolutely batshit insane yeah but they need to be taken seriously because most of the time people in our industry don't make them unless we have significant proof or indication that they're true making hyperbolized claims doesn't help that at all that hurts it because at that point like at that point they are looking at says like oh well you were totally overblowing this one thing why am i going to trust everything that you're saying now the problem's probably only a small fraction of that why should i give a shit you know yeah and that's why the ends can't justify the means that's why you have to have integrity and full honesty and directness throughout the entire thing you have to say look it is a problem i think but it's not as big of a problem as the media is making it out to be yeah as teenagers on fucking tumblr are making it out to be as people on facebook are you know like you need to understand like yeah it, it is a problem this is exactly why it's a problem that doesn't mean net neutrality is dead you know, that's dead fucking to me. You clickbait. Understand? It's dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's fucking clickbait. Yeah. You know? That's the entire problem with clickbait, is it hyperbolizes and it presents an inaccurate depiction of the actual thing it's trying to represent. Counterpoint? I don't really have one. Yeah. Well <laughs> Okay. I, I feel like, you know, the thing is, like you said, it's not explained to everyone or it's not clear to everyone that what was removed in December was mm. protections put in place in 2016. So, oh, geez, was it December? I thought it was. Yeah, it was December. I thought it was later than that. Oh my gosh! But a lot of people still don't understand what 
losing net neutrality means either. I've had discussions with people mm-hmm. on the internet and they're like, no, no, it's fine. I don't want the government controlling this or this and that. Mm-hmm. Or, and it's, it's like, but you don't understand when it's one entity somewhere controlling your entire access. You know, it's not the mm-hmm. power grid where, you know, you have a set amount of power that you get and that's it. You know, it's losing this is potentially a big deal. And I wish more people understood it. And I kind of understand the sky is falling antics, so to speak, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, because really, how are you going to get people to understand that this is and can be a big deal if you're not like, you know, hey, this is a big deal. But then I you don't have think the, then you have the what the what's that thing with the. Boy Who Cried Wolf kind of thing, you know? So Yeah, yeah, Boy Who Cried Wolf. So I don't think it's something they're intentionally doing. I think it's just rabid, like, viral sort of sure. being overblown. Sure. So we actively have to combat that, too. Yeah. Because usually, like, I've gotten, because it's, it's Facebook, so of course I, I did, mm-hmm. I've gotten into, like, we'll call them discussions <laughs> with people on Facebook about <laughs> it. And, like, they were clear supporters of net neutrality, but I'm like, look, like, I'm on your team. But you need to understand that's not what this means. And then once you explain to them, it's like, it's only like this particular bill is only for this content. It's only for this context, whatever. They're like, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you know, their desire for net neutrality, their support of it hasn't diminished any. Yeah. But they now can enter in the next conversation with an opponent being more educated on why it's necessary and specifically why that particular bill is detrimental towards the overall goal of net neutrality so yeah right fucking grape squasher i wish that i wish that people paid more attention you know yeah i just wait 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 wait. jason grape squasher where'd that come from you're a fucking ball buster (laughs) you're a fucking weapon I'm not even. I'm not even gonna dignify that with fucking with, ball buster with any more Your attention. fucking weapon, dude. Yeah, I think that's really all I had for that rant. I was yeah, a I'm... lot more fired up about it yesterday. <laughs> but like it's at this point, you're angry. Well, well, yeah, but like I, it's something I I always get angry about. But now that I've gotten it out of my system, I'm like, all right. Now I, I only have to wait until the next time I see someone fucking making some <laughs> egregiously overblown claim for me to get angry again, you know? I think I'm done with that topic, though. I just think it's very important that we make it very clear why it's important and make people know, like, overall what's at stake, but also, like, don't overblow what's at stake for the little things. So. Yeah, that's definitely not a good idea. Yeah. Jathan, are you ready for the baddie? Well, well. First off, of all the four topics, did do either of you have any closing remarks? Because I don't. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. No, I'm good. Okay, you're Gucci. Yeah, Gucci, Gucci, Gucci gang, or Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Rather, sorry, I'm not hip with it. Damn, you're damn right. You're sorry. All right, so Jathan, let's take the baddie then. Go ahead, Jathan. Take us into the baddie. Right, we're going to do the baddie here. So we spent some time. Don't don't about, do the Deloitte. I'm not doing. Voice. I'm not. I'm not doing the. By the way, this is. I have to talk about this real no. quick. Yeah, there must be like some offices for Deloitte between Boulder and Denver because. Oh, I'm sure there is. When I'm swiping around on <laughs> Tinder and the like, and I see people who Deloitte? work for Deloitte, I don't care. I don't care how hot she is. I'm like, nope, swipe left. No, I no. I feel like now that we've reported on it so much, we're more aware of its presence because I I feel oh, yeah. like I've seen Absolutely. that too. 
But I will still hold and it And they're definitely people. not hiring more people, so... Anyway. Yes. So the baddie. So we talked about SSL certificates. Basically, without reading through this whole article, you may have heard of a company before called Trustico, which is an SSL reseller. Primarily, I think they sold certs from Symantec. But, you know, (laughs) their website did a good job boasting... Yeah, their their website did a great job boasting how great they were and why using other certificate providers was a bad idea. Uh So, you know, if you're someone who doesn't really know a lot about stuff, you might go to their website and be convinced, like, I should definitely definitely buy a certificate from Trustico. What were some of the reasons that we should trust Trustico over other cert providers? Well, they basically, they have these standards that all their SSL certs have to meet. Of course. You can read about it on archives (laughs) of their website. (laughs) Actually, let's see. Does their website work? It does. does. Uh, Their website does work. Right now? So you're welcome to go look at it. It, Probably don't buy anything from them. Yeah, not not a good idea. The good news is their website uses cookies to make sure that you have the ultimate browsing experience, and they have a privacy (laughs) policy. So, so here's the thing. Their, their, web, so, their website, by the way, for quite some time stopped working. I'm going to get there. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, this is my God. segment. Okay. You goddamn it angry asshole. It didn't have anything to do with the baddie, so I thought it was okay I, to mention. It's not okay. It does have something to do with the baddie, so shut up. Okay. Ugh. So here's the thing. is At some point, I want to say it was their CEO. Is that correct? Because it's not in this article that we're using. It oh, like, it, it does say. It does say. The CEO. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, somebody claimed that they compromised. Somebody compromised some of their compromised or found a leak. Unclear. Mm. Proper cause for because uh, I I don't remember. I thought it was a leak, but I can't remember either. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's the thing: is at some point their CEO literally emailed the fucking private keys of twenty three thousand certificates mm. to Digicert, and which you know that right there invalidates them. Yeah. But also, they shouldn't be holding on to the private keys beyond delivering them to the customer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically goes on to just say, like, hey, these people really shouldn't be running a CA in the first place because they obviously don't know how the fuck to do it the proper way. So what's You shouldn't r- really have any reason to give your key to your cert provider either. But yeah, that's right. A, that's exactly. You just give them that's a CSR a, and that's it. Yeah. That's which is the CSRs whole point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's the thing is Symantec's sort of their upstream provider. They will no longer be trusted by Google Chrome in the near future. So if you have Symantec certs <laughs> and you weren't compromised, you're still fucked yeah. well, by were, way of this. Those were being removed anyway prior to this. Symantec's. Uh, were they? Yeah, I, we talked somebody's about Somebody's was. We but but anyway, here's the other thing, though, is after this whole thing sort of came about, people started poking around on the Trustico website. <laughs> I know I'm dragging this out now. But somebody... Oh, okay, I see why it's relevant now. Yeah, yep. so, so somebody discovered... That they basically had some web app basically running that had a root shell behind it. <laughs> and if you were and if you executed certain curl commands within this shell, you could basically run any command on that box. Oh. So so someone tweeted about this, and we'll provide some links to the tweets, and some of the threads oh, that wow. you can read through are pretty fucking funny. But needless to say, within somebody finding this out, within I would say what, twenty minutes, their website was just yep. down. Yep. So, you know, I don't know who was, what asshole ruined it for everyone by shutting it down, but... Well, I don't know if that was something that Trustico did, yeah. or if it was someone, something that someone just, like, curled it in <laughs> that power off, yeah, and did, like, an RMRF or something. <laughs> so, in any case, Trustico, you get, like, 
two baddies in one. One for being a yeah. fucking terrible CA. Like, if anybody still buys shit from you, I don't know terrible. why. Terrible. Number two, mm-hmm. who the fuck does that to their website? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like, what kind of fucking idiot? So, you get double baddie for being really extra baddie bad. You guys suck. Yeah. Literally, I don't the feel bad for any like, of you. That uh, is fucking terrible. What? Do you remember what forum that Curl Command was entered into? Like, what, what it was I'm for? pretty sure it was to retrieve a certificate or something. Oh my gosh. I don't... So, literally, it should have just validated that it was a URL and not fucking executed it oh yeah so it was a box that says please enter the fully qualified domain name and then there's a button that says retrieve ssl certificate (laughs) it was just an fqdn field yep what why was that parsing shell code i don't know i don't know dude it's fucking amazing terrible yeah i mean that's amazing it's just mind-blowing what's funny is their Twitter account is Mr. Trustico, and their their description says, Our products are highly trusted and ensure that sensitive data, such as credit card and personal information, is protected online. No, <laughs> no it really isn't. I don't think it does. No. I don't think it does. Think and there does. was, like, this whole, like, spat between them and Symantec, too. And, like, it was all public, and it was glorious, because, like, they were trying really hard to be, like, you know, like, business nice. Like, Mean Girls nice, you know, where it's like, you really want them to fucking die, but, like, you can't say that because that would cost shareholder. So you have to, like, we believe that company, that some companies, you can't even name them, that some companies that we are in association with have a lower standard of business execution and shit like that. You know, you have to, like, word it in such a way that it, like... But like, like Semantic and Trustico both were doing that about each other, like nonstop, and it was so great. Yeah. So that is why I archived <laughs> those websites because, like, I didn't know. Like when Trustico went down, I didn't know if it would be back. I'm so. surprised that there's something there. There's... I yeah yeah I'm surprised that they're still like they're still around. Yeah, I How don't do really know exactly. How are you still a CA I don't after think that? You can really. You know, well, I, I mean, yeah, I mean I the guess thing that's is, why... if you have certs through them that are not compromised, I mean, first of all, you should really make a plan to not have them anymore. Yeah. Right. So I actually, you know what? No, painting is right. Semantic was being dropped before this, and we did talk about it because I have had to reissue certs for Fox Proxy stuff. We weren't using Semantic directly. We were using Thought. We were still using Thought, and Thought is a subsidiary, I believe, of Semantic. All I know is that I had to reissue certs because of this. No, no, Digicert. Sorry, they're, they're subsidiaries of Digicert. So I had to I had to reissue the certs for that under the the new Digicert infrastructure, so they won't be wouldn't be invalidated in both Google Chrome and Firefox. It's both. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that it's been a mess. SSL is broken. Just use Let's Encrypt. Fuck everything. Technology is, is terrible. Computers are are broken, and just that's just administrivia. <laughs> I'm Fred. I'm Jonathan. I'm Zero.
smile.